and welcome back to Freedom Machines with Freddie Dobbs. It's a Saturday morning, there's blue sky, weather's been pretty good this week and I started off the week, well actually this time last week, I went to a car and motorbike destination in the UK that I've never been to before and it's one of the coolest places I've ever been and I'll get to that in a few minutes but before I do wanted to give an overview about what I've been up to in the meantime and a few bits in the news that I found interesting because as you probably remember about about a week and a half ago I went to the Isle of Wight on a motorbike trip with Monica and that was amazing and we posted a couple of videos onto YouTube about that but I got some brilliant comments and I just love it when you get you get these old comments about people's memories whether it be from motorbiking or travel in general and it's just those motorbiking and those travel memories they stay with you for so long I had someone message me after after seeing the content that we made about the Isle of Wight saying oh, I remember being in the Isle of Wight 40 years ago or something and I was in a bar in the Isle of Wight with my parents and I was about 10 years old and the bar lady ran in from the back ran into the bar and said the king's dead the king is dead and everyone was wondering what's going on and then she said Elvis is dead and then no one could believe it and the rest of the night in the bar just turned into a massive party celebrating Elvis's life and then I had someone else contact me saying that back in 1980 they rode over to the Isle of Wight on a Triumph T140 and it was the first and only time they got a tattoo on that trip. I just love, I love old, old memories and stories like that. It is, it's just so good to see and whether it be travel or motorbikes, they do, they do ingrain those memories in your mind and you never forget them they stay with you forever it's absolutely brilliant i've been talking to a few people as well because i'm looking for the next little adventure in the uk to do and while i was at caffeine and machine on saturday with monica i was talking to the owner and he said oh me and a few of a few friends of mine are going to do the strata florida and I said, what's the Strata Florida? And he said, you've never heard of the Strata Florida. It is one of the most famous green lanes in the UK. And for all you non-Brits out there, green lanes effectively are legal off-road tracks. So I saved the name and I Googled it the moment I got back. The Strata Florida. For anyone UK-based or anyone coming over to the UK and you want to do a bit of off-roading, this is one of the most incredible off-roads, off-road areas I've ever seen and it's something I will definitely 100% be doing especially as I've got the Triumph Street Scrambler coming next week. I don't know if I'll be brave enough to try it on that or not. I may actually try and take the Street Scrambler. I never know what it's like. When I get a press bike, how far am I allowed to push it? For example, if I go off-roading and I drop it, do I have to pay? I never know. I like to I like to kind of keep the ignorance's bliss angle and just enjoy it and then see what happens if I do end up destroying a bike. But the Strata Florida, it's in Wales. Save it. Anyone who likes a bit of off-roading, save this name. Strata Florida. I've, I've got the website up now and it's rare that I, I see 
warnings on on any type of off-road track. It says here, and of course you can drive it in a car or on a motorbike, and it says, driving this route should only be attempted in a well-prepared vehicle with an experienced driver. And it's not recommended that this byway is driven unaccompanied. The route should not be attempted after heavy rain as river crossings can involve a high level of risk and safety should be paramount. I recommend using or the use of a professional guide with extensive local knowledge. (laughs) And I've seen the pics of this. You've got river crossings. You've got really quite steep rocky patches. You've got areas that look like northern scotland they're they're just so dramatic in their scenery i can't believe i've never heard about this before it really does look brilliant apparently it's a proper mission it's not something that's kind of you do it in 10 15 20 minutes or so that you can on some uk green lanes this is a proper it's a few days to really make the most of this and it looks like at least on paper the most incredible green laning route that i've ever seen And I was in London, moving on. I was in London about three days ago with Monica. Uh, We rode in, I parked up the Bonneville in a motorcycle bay, and I just did a little Insta story. I just filmed the row of bikes because there was an interesting electric bike there. But as I filmed a little bit about the electric bike, there was also a Honda NC750X parked next to it. And I, someone messaged me and they said, oh, The NC750X is the best city bike. So I replied, I said, why? Like, it's not that small. Why is it such a good city bike? And he said, because there's storage in the fuel tank for your helmet. I said, no, come on. Helmet storage in in the fuel tank. And he sent me a picture. The top, the top of the Honda NC750 fuel tank flaps open. There's basically a catch, opens up. And there's room for one helmet. I didn't know that that existed on motorbikes, that there was room for motorbike helmets on a motorbike. Honda NC750X, if anyone's looking for a good city bike, it may not be the most beautiful bike in the world, but but that's really cool. I like that. I had no idea that existed. Space for your helmet. You don't even need, need to worry because every time that I go into London, I lock the bike up, I put a chain around, for example, a bike post, and then I hook my helmet around that. And of course, it always gets scratched up and dirty. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it's really nice to have somewhere safe and secure. So it's just one element of stress that you reduce. And I always think anything, anything that can reduce that the hassle of riding just makes riding in general so much more enjoyable. And I think this has been in the news for a while now, probably 10 years actually. It's not really, it's not front page news or anything like that, but I just found it interesting because it popped up about four days ago in the news. The UK is more densely populated than India. I did not know that. The UK is more densely populated than India. And that just leads on to why motorbikes more and more will be more and more the viable go-to mode of transport. Just with, especially in London, oh, the roads, they are just getting worse and worse. They are, they are completely impossible in a car. I know I always say it, but it's true. 
and even on a bike you know even on a bike you got to be you got to be pretty brave to get around because you've got to be pushing your way through traffic and through oncoming traffic as well it's getting worse and worse so bikes are the the best the best form of transport and i was parked up Actually, I'll tell you what, I'll get to that story in a second. Let me just do one more before I do, because it leads on to something I want to get to. But one more point. E10 fuel is coming from September 2021. This is definitely in Europe. I don't know about the Americas, Australia and Asia, but definitely in Europe. E10 fuel will be the norm in across Europe from September. And basically what that means is if you want the old E5 fuel, you will actually have to pay more and specifically look for the E5 fuel pumps. So E10 fuel, basically it's it's more environmentally friendly and it's a different mix of fuel and you can let me know if I'm wrong and I think it's ethanol. Basically the different mix, the, the lower impact on the environment means that it will be damaging for all vehicles that are manufactured before 2011. And I found this piece of information online. The vast majority of vehicles on the roads in the UK will be compatible with E10 petrol. But the RAC estimates that up to 600,000 vehicles, unfortunately, won't be compatible with this new fuel. So you've really got to look out because 600,000 vehicles, if you put this fuel in your vehicle, you will damage the engine. So there's a warning to motorists. From September, check your vehicle before you fill up. Check and make sure that it's it's appropriate for this new fuel. And pretty much the guideline, the cutoff is, all vehicles built after 2011 will be fine. They're, they're ready made for this new fuel, so there's nothing to worry about. And I had a look at a few of my old vehicles to see which vehicle was, was eligible. What was the cutoff? I had a, a Triumph Speed Triple from 2007, that's fine. I had a, what did I do? I did my old Jaguar XK from 2005, that was fine as well. A Honda Accord from 1999. I think that was weirdly okay as well. But the cutoff, 2002 Suzuki Bandit. They had a warning there. They said, check your vehicle's log, uh, check your vehicle's um, owner's manual, and if in doubt, contact Suzuki to find out if this engine is eligible to use this new fuel. I can imagine how much hassle that is. So just be careful now. It's almost even more of a reason that you've got to kind of, you've got to watch out now, even more so with the older vehicles. It's just one extra hurdle that you've got to jump over with these. And moving on, because when I, going back to the Honda NC750, when I parked up the bike, showed this electric bike um, to say, Basically, I found this cool-looking electric bike, which is, I don't know how to say it, N-I-U, new. And I said on Instagram, this is the most perfect city transport that I've seen. It is tiny little electric bike. And I did a poll and I said, who thinks this is the most perfect city transport? 52%. I actually had a huge amount. I think about 600 people voted in 24 hours. 
52% of people said, yes, this is a dream city, city transport. And 48% said, no, it's not the most beautiful bike, but I actually think it's a pretty good looking bike in its own right, considering what it is. Um, and listen to this, because I've done some research on this. I'll just give you an overview about the bike, because it is pretty much the smallest electric bike that I've ever seen. And here are the stats on it. It's 57 kilos. And here's the key point here. This is what got me so excited when I did some research on this, because this now, this really does make electric bikes viable for absolutely everyone. You ready? Removable battery. It's got a six hour charge time, eight kilogram battery, removable, and a 65 kilometer range, although there is one motorcycle site, I think it's MCN, they actually quoted it as a 35 mile range. Not big, but it's 1,999 pounds. So, Let's say for me, for example, my commute into Zone 1, absolute central London, is 14 miles. So, I charge it. Let's just say I just buy the bike. Park the bike up, lock it in my underground lockup, pull out the 8 kilogram battery, carry it upstairs, plug it into my wall socket, leave it 6 hours, so absolutely perfect for overnight, wake up in the morning, get ready for work unplug the battery, carry it down the stairs, put it into the bike, 14 miles to get to work, and I've still got a 19, oh God, oh my maths is awful, 21. I've got a 21 mile range left, plenty to get back with, with about five miles, seven miles to spare. That's really interesting. If you're using it for a mode of transport, especially being so light and so thin, it's it really is pretty much as small as a bicycle and it will be so manoeuvrable. That is uh, one of the most viable forms of transport I've seen. And when I did that, I had a few other people contact me and said, oh, if you think that looks good, take a look at, and I've never heard of this, Silence Bikes UK. So I went onto the website here, Silence Bikes. They start at £4,995. You can get them from £99 a month, which is brilliant in itself. £99 a month. They are the equivalent of a 125cc motorbike. And the running costs, get ready for this, one penny a mile. One penny a mile. It's just brilliant. So cutting edge technology and design have produced the ultimate e-moto scooter for zero emission city commuting with its low center of gravity and exceptional performance. This e-moto scooter is seriously fun to ride. Practical too, with its clever, removable click and go battery and large luggage, luggage space, ideal for two helmets or a small bag. And I'm looking at it now, the battery the battery looks a bit bigger. It's sat at the bottom of the electric bike, but when you pull the battery out, it actually has a handle with two small wheels underneath it. And it actually looks like a travel bag, a hard travel bag that you carry onto the plane with. I've never seen anything like it. It looks absolutely incredible. Another one, someone said, take a look at Sterling bikes, S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G, Sterling bikes. And these look like 
I actually rode behind one, funnily enough, on the exact same day. They look like a Harley from behind. They've got eight bars, California vibes, 2,400 pounds, chopper style. They look unbelievable. I saw one in London. I thought it was a Harley Davidson until I pulled up next to it. Two and a half K, sterling bikes, like California chopper vibes. Uh, they look never seen anything like it they look really cool the electric market for that type of city bike is really pushing on and for city bikes of course it's perfect because you don't need to worry about getting that 350 mile range and you don't really need to worry about charging if you can just charge at home let's not pretend yet that electric motorbikes are viable for touring or long rides they're not but what they are good for is city city rides and that's really interesting i love it when they come along purely purely aimed at the city riders it makes complete sense then i love that and we move on to let's get to the main point of this because i really wanted to chat about caffeine and machine and almost embarrassingly i'd never been before a caffeine and machine it's on it's in the uk it's, it's on the edge of the Cotswolds, which is a beautiful part of, of England, and it's just below Stratford-upon-Avon. And we had a project there, Monica and I, with Michelin, with Michelin motorcycles, because they do Michelin motorcycle tyres, I should say, because they've got the new Road Classic tyres that are on my Bonneville, and they've got a collaboration with Caffeine and Machine. So we went down there, and Caffeine and Machine is this brilliant cool place in the middle of the countryside it's it's an old bnb an old country house loads of land around it and it's a meetup spot for all vehicle enthusiasts whether it's cars or motorbikes and so monica and i monica drove up i met monica there and we rode in together and in this in this ground you've got a white house and then a driveway running all the way around the side of the house and you've got constant stream of cars coming in when we got there there was an alpine a ferrari a mclaren lamborghini then you've got everything from just old modified voxel courses mark one vw golfs old volvos the most eclectic mix of motorcycles and cars harleys everything that i've ever seen and around the side of the house you've got a beautiful landscaped green area with tables and chairs so people are sitting having their lunch just watching all of the cars rolling in yeah. delicious food brilliant coffee come for a day you've got you know you've got everything i've never seen such a diverse mix you've got women coming in porsches you've got 17 year old guys coming in ford fiestas you've got you've got everything in between you've got families there young families you've got older couples i've never seen such a diverse mix of people it really is incredible and inside they sell their merchandise they've got just cool memorabilia brilliant artwork that's that's created by one of the stewards there and everything's for sale they've got an ice racing harley for sale at the moment basically if you go inside anything in there anything you want to buy is for sale and we spoke to the owner and he's a really interesting guy who spent over half his life in Dubai and he had a creative agency in Dubai and he spent some time in California and after a huge amount of time away from the UK he I think even his children were born in in the Middle East but after an extended period of time away he came back to the UK to set this company up Bill and Dan and I think they met out in the Middle East while working 
And Dan is also a very interesting character because we went into Caffeine and Machine as Phil was showing us around. And Dan was there actually serving coffees, making lattes and things like that because I think maybe they're a bit short-staffed. So he jumped on board to help with the rest of the staff. And he comes from a completely different background. I think if I remember correctly, he comes from analytics, a kind of financial analytics type background. So while they came up with the idea maybe three years ago to set up a UK base, he he was actually still working and contracting. I think he was in Dubai maybe even the Middle East and, and Ireland. I think he went over to for a year to make sure the money was ticking over for Caffeine and Machine to establish. And then they did a lot of work on the actual building, the premises themselves. So as the premises for Caffeine and Machine was being developed, he would be out there making sure the money's still ticking over from his work over in Ireland. And then eventually, of course, he quit his his analytical job to be 100% of the time with caffeine and machine. So they come from two completely different backgrounds and it's just really, really brilliant and quite inspiring actually talking to them about what they've both done. Completely different backgrounds, but both followed their dream. And when you get there, you really do feel like these are two guys absolutely living their dream. It's just absolute paradise for any petrol heads. And what they've created for the local community, the local area, and petrol heads across the UK, even further afield, because they do get people from further afield coming. It's just really incredible. I went just to look at the entrance when we were there talking to the owner, and there was a stream on both sides of the road coming in to pull in. It, I've never seen anything like it. Middle of the countryside, and you just hear pops and bangs reverberating around the hills and you've got VW camper van followed by a Porsche followed by a Honda Integra followed by a Nissan 200SX a Harley Davidson KTM Ducati McLaren Lamborghini everything classic Fiat 500s it's it just time goes too quickly there it's really amazing so go there if you can I highly highly recommend it a question now because I've been looking into, I've been looking in to where to go next for a little adventure. And a lot of people have said go to Wales and go to Scotland. And just going on from that, knowing that I'm getting the Triumph Street Scrambler and talking to the owner of Caffeine and Machine, I thought, Let, let's have a look at this Florida Strata. And this really has excited me. So... I'm considering, I'm really considering doing this Florida Strata and with that, someone messaged me and they said, what bike, let's have a look at this, what bike would you recommend to enjoy green lanes? And that is a very relevant question, seeing as I'm considering doing this green lane. And the first bike that sprung to mind, actually I did look for a few to try and give a, a nice rounded answer here. What's a good bike? for going off-roading and getting to the off-roading spot so you know so you don't need to get a van or, or take a trailer you can just take your bike to the green laning spot so it's got to be comfortable enough to get to the off-roading bit it's got to be good when you get to the off-roading bit and because this Florida Strata 
green lane off-roading bit looks really challenging. I don't want to spend too much money and I don't want to worry if it gets biffed up. And I just keep going back to the Royal Enfield Himalayan. It's, I just, there can't be many better bikes than that. Doesn't matter if it gets biffed up, looks brilliant, super rugged, great off-road. And online, if you look at one as a used bike, tell you what, they hold the value pretty well actually. Brand new, they're four and a half K. Second hand, the cheapest one I can see online, 13,000 miles, 14,000 miles, 2018 model, three and a half K. They've lost 1,000 pounds in three years. That's really eye-opening actually, how well the Royal Enfield Himalayans hold their value. That's an unbelievably good purchase, I think, whether second hand or brand new. Honestly, I'm looking at these, I would be quite tempted I'd be quite tempted actually just to go new. Let's have a look at new. Royal Enfield Himalayans. So I'm on the Royal Enfield, the Royal Enfield website. £4,449. So that means that actually they've only lost... The cheapest Himalayan has lost £950 in three years. That's unbelievable. Residual values. Unbelievable. So £4,449, you can get it brand new. God, just say get it brand new. They've got some nice color options. It's Euro 5 bike now, so there will be, there'll be some general improvements to the bike. And listen to this. For a £99 deposit, paid over four years, so £99 initial deposit, then the monthly repayments are £109 over four years with a 6.9% APR. Total amount repayable, 5,256. You may be able to get better finance elsewhere, but I'd be tempted even just to go, just to go through there. That, that, is, that is actually quite tempting. I'm looking at this genuinely thinking I would consider this. This is, hmm, I'm thinking as I'm talking here, and I'm looking that there are definitely updates. They've got, wow, they've got tripper navigation on this. So a very nice looking minimal navigation system. I'm looking at the clocks and the dials. There's a definite improvement on this bike to the older ones. I think that's an unbelievable deal. So, sorry, to go back, to go back to answering the question, Royal Enfield, Himalayan, new one. Just go for a brand new Himalayan. That's probably the best bike I can imagine to do these roads on. And that brings me perfectly to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Have a brilliant week and I will see you in the next one.